Stay tuned. Eastside Radio, 89.7 FM. Hello and welcome to Breaking Waves. I'm Riley. And I'm John Mark. Today we're going to be talking about the topic of insiders. Now, actually for the next three weeks, and we covered uh, in our previous shows the topic of um, outsiders, and so it seems fitting that we're going to now explore insiders. Indeed. But inside of what? That's a good question. And I'm a science geek, so what I think of is inside the body. Because our, our bodies are like a, a community of organs. And, and another level below that, there are cells. And at the, if you drill down even further, you get to atoms. Mm. Trillions of them um, all working together to create us. But um, in this series, we're going to focus on the human level. Uh, so we're talking about um, groups of people. All kinds of groups. That's right. Talking about, um, you know, clubs and um, basically all sorts of things that will get formed when, when people come together. Yeah, tribes, nations, countries. And what it's like to be a part of that as well as um, just listing off examples of it. We're going to get into our personal uh, childhoods of... Um, being a part of things cause yeah because we love to talk about ourselves it's it's easy <laughs> <laughs> it's therapy yeah i guess one of the first groups that we come across when we come into the world is our family that's right and i've prepared a clip from a sh- series about one of the most famous families of all time why don't people like me marge oh, everyone likes you you're a wonderful person why don't those stupid idiots let me in a crappy club for jerks? I'm sure it's nothing personal, Homer. It is. It's been happening to me all my life. Hey, Billy! Hey, Joey! Come on in! There's plenty of room! Sorry, not you, Homer. Why not? You let in Homer Glumplet. <laughs> it says no Homers. We're allowed to have one. Yeah, it doesn't feel good when you're excluded from something. Uh, but John and I are going to be covering the times when we actually were a part of something, right, John? Yeah, the family. Now, this is one club that everybody gets to join, and you don't get to choose this one. It's allocated for you. That's right, and uh, it has its own set of um, unique uh, rules and practices. Different for everybody. Right, and you don't uh, know that it's different, really, uh, when you're really little. Yeah, because your mum and dad's world is your world till you grow up a bit. Yeah, so what was your early childhood like, John? Well, I was the son of a preacher man. So when I popped out, uh, I popped out next to a church and we moved from one church to another. This was in a rural setting um, in central Queensland. And we carried our stuff with us in tea chests from one place to another. And um, I suppose although we were surrounded by um, little town communities, uh, Yapoon, um, Mackay, Aramac, Rockhampton, there wasn't a lot of time uh, to get to know people. And I was pretty little as well. You don't get out much when you're one and two, three years old. 
Um, how about you, Riley? Uh, what was your setting? Yeah, so my uh, childhood, I lived the first two years of my life in a house in Tamarama. And then we moved to an apartment in Bondi. It was um, a beautiful old um, 1920s blue building uh, on Campbell Parade across the road from Bondi Beach. So I got to go to the beach a lot as a kid. And it was an um, even smaller family than yours, John. It was just the three of us. Um, I was an only child at that point in my life. Yeah, I had a big sister. Who we we know very well and is, in fact, the head honcho of this uh, this series. This production. Yeah. My sister Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> Who we love very dearly. Indeed. <laughs> I didn't have a big extended family. Um, I had grandparents, but they, they were a three-day drive all the way down New South Wales. So um, it was just the church congregation were the only other sort of extended tribal group of people that I interacted with at all um, before I went to school. Mm. And I, I did have um, quite a lot of contact with my extended family. Uh, my mother went back to work at a certain point and so and my parents both worked a lot both worked late so I was um I got to see quite a bit of uh, uh my grandparents and there was also a um a babysitter who I got along with really well and she came into the into the, the inside, household yes yeah, she came inside in. of the family yeah, yeah. I, yeah I suppose I might have had babysitters too but I don't really um don't remember mm-hmm it was mainly just mum and dad. And um, because both my folks were working, I uh, went to preschool. I went to a preschool in the uh, eastern suburbs called um, We Care. And they had their own sort of uh, mottos and practices and things like that. Was it different from school? Yeah, yeah, it's different because they don't make you do academic sort of work. They make you... Um, do uh rest like they make you have an afternoon nap and things like that and unlike a sort of state school there's not sort of regular hours or like term broken up into the terms Didn't and have the holidays. To sit at a desk all day no no <laughs> and, and you don't have the school holidays it's just on the basis of when the parents need right. the kid to be well it's probably after, changed so. now but up in queensland uh there are seven grades in primary when i went to primary school and the f so the first year was sort of the equivalent to preschool but it was just straight mm. into a chair with a little inkwell on it and looking at a blackboard with a, a uh, monstrous scary teacher at the front and how old were you I was four. Yeah, I think um, at that age, I'd been, uh, I was starting to get involved in a lot of classes. And so I went to a swimming class in the Harkoa Club. And uh, I went to a Brazilian fight dancing class, the Capoeira, uh, which was fun. A lot of jumping around. And there, I also was, went to a chess Class, oh, you're in lots of clubs. Yeah, no, my parents wanted to get me involved in stuff. And, uh, the, yeah, the chess class was taught by a Russian uh, chess master. So there was definitely um, some cool things that I, that I got to do. And it didn't uh, foster a sense of, like, uh, connection or socialization uh, that I can recall. I was more... The activity was important. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I also do the circus skills as well. 
Um, you little and, clown, you. Yeah, and that's this is all uh, before I started school. Now, John, I believe you have a song for us. Yes, this is a song by Emily Saunders. It's called Outsiders Insiders from the album called Outsiders Insiders. Expanding from cavities contained within a space. 
That's right. So, moving beyond the family unit, we venture into school for the first time. What was that like, John? Uh, daunting. Yes, quite daunting. I remember being dragged. Uh, oh, no, I wasn't dragged. Other kids being dragged mm. into the classroom on the first day, screaming, and their parents dragging them in and them like fighting to get out the door and being dragged back. And I was just sitting there like dismayed. I didn't know mm. what was going on. Uh, what was your first day like? I was a crier for the first few days. Didn't want to be in that club. <laughs> no, and I kept obsessively looking at the clock, and I was so distressed to be there that I actually learned how to read analog time just by virtue of trying to work out when I'd get to go home, and that was like the first thing that I learned at school before Did you run away? Else. No, I didn't. I did. I ran away a few times because my parents' place is only just up the road. So, yeah, I, I ran away. <laughs> yeah, I had a, a suburb to traverse, so it was a little bit little bit further. Um, but, yes, uh, so when you were in school, were there um, clubs and things going on? You know what, primary school, I don't remember being in any kind of clubs. Uh, I didn't really... Was mm, wasn't in any sporting clubs or anything like that. I'm sure I played sport on Friday or Wednesday or whatever day sports day was. But the first uh, club I uh, went to was when my dad went off to Vietnam and he he joined the army and thought he'd go over there and try and do something uh, useful. And we moved to Brisbane, um, big city from the country, and. Um, that judo club um, was the first uh, group of people, a kind of club that I'd ever gone to. And it was uh, special too because you had this special weird uniform and you had this strange ceremony that you did at the beginning and uh, kind of secret language, had its own language. And um, it was a shared activity sort of uh, group. Um, it wasn't really a social thing. I don't remember any of the dudes there, but um, and it was boys and girls. And my sister, uh, we both went there, and we got left there by mum, and she came in and picked us up. And that was the first time. Wh- what about uh, when was the first time you got to actually go to um, a, do something on your own? Oh, on my own, um, probably not until. A bit later in in the uh, in the primary school years, yeah, because everything else uh, up until that point was facilitated by um, you know by you know parental chaperones and things like that. Right. Yeah. So we 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 didn't spend very long in Brisbane. Um, when Dad came back, he was there for about a year, and we um, 
we got shipped to uh, country again, regional um, New South Wales up the Hunter Valley. We went to Singleton. There was a big uh, army base there. And that was uh, that's a kind of big tribe of weird people um, with weird uniforms and weird language and rituals. <laughs> and uh, we were kind of embedded in this. Uh, back in those days, um, if you're... Dad was in the army, everyone was in the army, and we, uh, we lived actually on the base, separate from the town. I don't think they do that anymore with army families. Um, so we were quite separated from the community in town. I went to school, of course, till primary school, but um, we had this other um, kind of world we were inside of, and I joined Scouts when mm. we were there. So there was another uh, uniform that I wore, um, the Church of England Boys Society, SEBS, and there was a little uniform uh, there as well and sort of rituals and ceremonies. So how did you feel about being Scouts? Like, Did you feel like you fitted in there? I didn't stay long in Scouts. Uh, I bounced out of Scouts fairly quickly. What I loved about it was camping. We used to go camping, and um, I really, really loved that. Uh, I loved being in the in the bush and building fires and, you know, digging holes and uh, stuff like that, putting tents up, all good fun. Um, we did the same thing in uh, in Sebs. So when I was 14, I got my first job. I got a job at the Singleton Show and I was working for Coney people. Now, there's a very in- interesting uh, group of people who are kind of like outsiders. They've got their own... Um, thing going on there their own sort of clan their own tribe and their own way of doing things and um it was weird because uh, i was kind of felt a little bit on the inside uh, and on the outside at the same mm-hmm. time they didn't really treat me like i was one of them but i was um quite fascinated by their their world their mm. carny world because it was seemed so different from everybody else i knew that kind of had regular jobs and lived in regular houses these people lived in caravans and moved from one town to another and seemed to have quite a, a, a different kind of life mm. to everyone else I'd met. Another club I uh, was in was um, motorbikes. I was really into motorbikes and I joined a, a motorbike club when I was uh, pretty uh, 13 or 14 and started racing motorbikes and I did that every weekend and that was the most sporty thing I did really. I used to love pulling my bike to bike apart and uh, fixing it and uh, love motorbikes. And because I lived in the country, it was fantastic uh, space to do that. And I got to meet a whole different group of people, um, you know, kids at school that I hadn't interacted with much before. Um, I started to get to know and do things because we had this common interest, mm. this different common interest. Um, That's a sort of a group in itself, Um that can form, isn't it? You could, can bring people together in unexpected ways by being united by a, a common interest. Yeah. I think I had, um, you know, humans are social animals. We, uh, we need each other. And, you know, this is uh, why we come together and we form groups and clubs and um, we go and seek people that are, um, have the same motivations and desires that we do and there's a a huge range of uh, different groups of people out there Um, and there's all different kinds of clubs like I was in a a record club uh, back in those days uh, besides the radio and the local music shop um, the only other way to get music was to join a record club and they would um, send you um, most of them were in America the clubs I joined and they'd send you five albums straight away and that's where I got my first records when I was a kid so cool yeah vinyl 
um, Milk Crate's full of vinyl records. And I had a, one other special uh, club was an imaginary club that me and my best buddy invented uh, ourselves. Did you ever yeah. <laughs> invent your own clubs? Definitely. We had the comic book club. So me and the boys next door set up uh, like a blanket fort in the downstairs room and we'd go in there and write comics and read them out to each other and uh, whoever could come up with the most like absurd kind of comic was the... Well, there wasn't a competition, but we had a fantastic time. Yeah, that's cool. I remember doing that too when I was supposed to be doing schoolwork. I used to uh, sit there drawing uh, cartoons in my my school book. Absolutely. Wonderful pastime. Yeah, and it was such a rich, um, exotic world, this imaginary world that we created. There was really only me and my best mate on the army base that uh, uh, concocted this this very elaborate uh, fantasy world. We lived in, we had, um, you know, we m- manufactured pass, special passports and we had mm-hmm. um, emblems, made our own heraldry for it. And um, I've actually still got uh, a little shield that we made out of wood. We made time capsules and buried them in the ground and we had elaborate training sessions that we would go, we would sneak out of our house at night time and, and crawl through obstacle courses, you know, the, wow. that, uh, that were on the army base and kind of put boot polish on our face and and wade through creeks and stuff at mm. night. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was very exciting. Oh, it's, yeah, it's really cool that you got to do that, to have that experience with your friend. And I had a similar thing with um, Brent Pappas next door. And he and I used to make short films together. And this was something that we would come up with very improvisationally, but there was a lot of creativity, creative inspiration that we put into it. And... Your own production company. Yeah, we never actually had like an official production company or anything like that, so it doesn't really count as a club, but it was definitely... I reckon it does. ...a collaboration. (laughs) Yeah. And we had a sort of a regular cast as well. But uh, that was um, so much fun, and to this day, uh, I'm still proud of those movies, and I think the experience of making them was definitely like the most fun joyful experience that i've ever had in my life and uh other than that um i was other forms of performance that i engaged in i was a part of the state drama ensemble uh and so at the end of the year we put on a really great show and that i remember getting that kind of excitement that buzz of energy you know before going out to perform on stage and the the same thing with uh the wakakiri story dance competition that we did with my primary school and we actually won that when I was in the fifth grade so I got to do that two years in a row and I uh, had a very prominent role within that so I definitely felt uh, fulfilled within that setting within that uh, environment it felt like the right place the right time and a group in which I was um, fitting in and excelling so all of us have a different uh, passage through time with um, creating our own worldview and our own reality and joining clubs and meeting people and being inspired by how they see things is how we start to formulate our own understanding of reality and as i said everybody's program is different yeah um what happens when we join these groups is that we get uh more of an example of an environment that uh is cultivated through our own energies and efforts rather than being dictated by 
you know, whatever our family circumstance. Yeah, we start off as little copies of our parents and um, we blossom into something else. Mm. Well, next week we're going to be examining this topic further and we're going to be going into uh, high school, age, adolescence, young adulthood, stepping out. Yeah, what happens out there when you really get away from your your family and you start to move around amongst Mm. other people? I thoroughly enjoyed that, John, and I look forward to catching up with you again next week on breaking waves to play us out here's the zombies with the way i feel inside you're listening to people powered radio proudly supported by the community broadcasting foundation the community broadcasting foundation resources community owned and operated media stations just like this one that connect people and tell vital local stories so that we all enjoy a more vibrant inclusive australian culture and healthy democracy find out more about our work at cbf.com.au Should I try to hide the way I feel inside my heart for you? Would you say that you would try to love me too? In your mind, could you ever be really close to me? I can tell the way you smile. If I feel that I could be certain then I would say the things I want to say tonight But till I can see That you'd really care for me I will dream That someday you'll be Really close to me I can tell the way you smile If I feel that I could be certain then I would say the things I want to say tonight But till I can see That you'd really care for me I'll keep trying to hide the way I feel inside Wake up to jazz, switch on to arts, head home to drive, and relax with the rest on 89.7 FM Eastside Radio.
started sweet talking to me, telling me everything is all right. He kissed and tell me everything is all right. Can I get away again tonight? And the only one who could ever teach me was the son of a preacher man. Only boy who could ever reach me was the son of a preacher man. See, 